Bakar Tov, thank you so much everybody for taking the time to come. Let us learn Torah together a little bit. Uh, we are uh, uh, now actually finishing up our, uh, our coming to the end of our, our uh, series called The One and Why I Pray. And we're going to be focusing on davening after davening. So you say, isn't there enough? Don't we have enough already in the Siddur? And the truth is, there's actually a bunch that's after the Siddur as well. And it is true that there are many people who have to leave and there's many many pressures upon us to, to leave the davening. But there are a number of things which are actually said after the davening. And if one opens a regular sitter and, and t- turns to after the Shir Shel Yom in the Ashkenazi tradition or after the Aleinu in the Nusach Sar Nusach Ari, you will find that there are multiple other prayers that appear in the sitter. And there are many people who say them. Just by a quick show of hands, who here says any, any of the Tvilos after the Eliezer, Yossi, so uh, Brian, uh, Susan, there, there are a number of us which are afterwards as like Yitzhak. So these things, these things happen after that. So let's try to appreciate where they come from, what they're doing um, as well. And one of the most famous of these sections is what's called the Ani Ma'amin, the I Believe section, which we talk about the, uh, the I Believes. So where do these come from? So it turns out that Judaism um, never really talks explicitly about beliefs like, in, a, in a formalized way. And sometimes we, we get confused by thinking about the, the fact that there are mitzvahs, there are commandments to do, and, the, and we conflate them with beliefs. A belief is not a mitzvah necessarily. It could also be a mitzvah, but it is not necessarily a commandment in the same way as a belief is. What's the difference between a belief and a mitzvah? Um, is let's say there's a mitzvah for a person to um, t- take lulav on sukkah. So it is a specific quantifiable action which has a specific time. And if a person, let's say, decides not to do that, they will have transgressed the opportunity of t- doing a mitzvah, I say. They will have missed that opportunity, but it does not make it have an impact upon their say between who, who and where they belong. They, they themselves will still be a Jew, perhaps a Jew who, may, who made a mistake, even wantonly, but they'll still be a Jew. Beliefs are more complicated than that. Beliefs, it seems, are, are in a sense, can be fundamentally related to our identity as a Jew. And therefore, therefore, missing a belief or having a hole in belief is much more consequential than having a hole in, in, a, in, in, a, in a regular mitzvah as well. Now, the Torah does talk about beliefs, but doesn't formalize them in one place. So, arguably, you could say that the first Lasseris Adibros is the belief in God, the command to believe in God, but it doesn't put them all in one place. The first person who really does this, actually, is the Ramam himself. The Rambam does it in a very unique way because the only clue we really get to this in Mishnayos is the first mission, the last parak of Sanhedrin. Thank you so much. Sorry for the lack of lids. All is good. Thank you. Thank you. There, the coffee is is uh, is yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Huberfeld. Um, so we we hear the following the following observation that you call Yisrael to the Mishnah tells us So the default is all Israelites belong to the world to come. That's that's good to know. Um, however, however. We, uh, we can leave that default by action. So that, uh, that all of the emanation of tzaddikim, they're all going to enter the, land, the world to come, um, which is an inherent land, land being metaphoric of the olam haba. That's, by the way, very hopeful. That's a very important way to uh, outlook on fellow Jews, is to realize that they're all amech kulam tzaddikim. The exceptions are So there are three gr- there are three groups of people who are who are out, and those are who those who deny resurrection dead, those who deny that the Torah is from heaven, and those and, and those who are heretics 
which again is a little bit of a uh, of a gray word, but it's generally understood to mean that a person who actually denies God himself, um, who denies the power or the, ex- uh, the existence of God. So now pu- putting that all together, so it's interesting that the, the mission is not telling us what to believe. The mission is telling us that if you don't believe these critical issues, these three critical issues, you're out of the pale, right? So what one could do is one could say, well, maybe, perhaps, well, let's actually start. The Rambam in his Pirush Mishnah, which he wrote at a very young age, he wrote in Arabic as he was on the, on the run from um, the Iberian Peninsula, and he made his way to North Africa, to Israel, and then back down to North Africa and, and settled in Egypt. He wrote his Pirush Mishnah, um, starting in his late teens, and in it he wrote, at the beginning of this parak, the, 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 what has become known as the 13 principles of faith, where he says in Source 2, There are 13 basic foundational principles of the Torah, which one needs to know. Good. And now he gives them to us. Without going into the details of them, just a quick recap of what they are, because they are, they, they are very important. The first is the The first is the existence of God. Just skipping to each one. Um, um, the, the, the unity of Hashem. Hashem is found everywhere, anywhere. That there is, that there is no physical par- parameter or boundary to Hashem. Number four, that Hashem preceded the world as opposed to let's say, the Greek notion that the world always was. That Hashem preceded the existence of this, uh, of this finite world. By the way, number three and four are essentially HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not being limited in space and not being limited in time. Those are the, that's the, right, those are the two constraints of reality. So three and four are um, Hashem being infinite beyond those two measures or, or systems. By Yisrael HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that he, we have a relationship with him, we can speak to him, we can ask him, we can turn to him. Uh, the, um, that's number five. Number six, the number, number six is prophecy. That the, the prophecy to Moshe was unique, which is why the five books of the Torah are different to any prophecy that came afterwards. That the Torah came from heaven, that means to say that the Torah never would be abrogated or changed or its, uh, its recipients would never be revised, um, as the Christianity and Islam suggested. knows what's going on, that's providence. That HaKadosh Baruch is going to pay the up people for their actions or inactions. And HaKadosh Baruch um, so this is referring to the sorry the Yemos Mashiach the days of the of the Messiah that they're going to come even though um, it seems like they are delayed sometimes um, and number thirteen I saw um, the Tchias the, the, Interestingly enough, there are those who accuse the Rambam of saying that he didn't believe in Tchias Hamesim, which is a little funny because it was the thirteenth of the Ikari Emunah, which he laid out himself, but nonetheless, he does spend less time here because he's like expanded elsewhere, so it's important to go elsewhere to understand what it is. Yes? What, what, what is the, uh, these 13 principles that the Rambam codified, you know, or, or, or said, are they are in response to anything? You know, like Good question. There are academics who suggest that, that, that it's in, rela- in, in relationship or, in, or, or um, responding to the general organized Islamic faith at the time. Um, certain, certain Islamic dogma, which is the world that he was living in, 
And there are a lot of interesting suggestions as to why now he felt it was important, why some of these principles are specifically about uh, the faith around them. But uh, it seems to be whether or not that that's the case, there's a lot of writing on this, independently of that, that seems to have weathered the test of time. Which means to say that, that uh, independently of, of why he felt it was necessary, today they're still mm -hmm. equally as clear um, as where they got, got them from. And, and the truth is that, thank you so much, it may be true. It may be true that, uh, that there were certain things Rama may have been responding to, but the one thing that he was, certainly was responding to was the Mishnah. Um, so it's important to, to appreciate this. Let's see what the Rambam did. He actually did a, a remarkable thing. This is such a brilliant, brilliant observation. If you look at the three things in the Mishnah, the Mishnah tells us there are three things that a person may believe and, and, and therefore, or, sorry, may not believe and therefore be out of the pale. Right? They're, 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 out, of, they're, they're out, of, out of the club. And so the, the, they are resurrection of the dead, Torah uh, Torah from heaven, and Epikoros, the belief in God himself. Okay, so those are the three things. Notice that the Mishnah does them in a climatic order, right? So meaning to say, the first thing a person does is not to deny God. Right? What's the first thing they do? It's much, it's much more periphery. It's about about right? It's about uh, the fact that, that there's not going to be resurrection in the end of the day. You know, I, I'll serve God, you know, but... So therefore, everything has to be answerable within the confines of this world, right? So everything, if there's no hereafter, because there's no Tchiyas HaMesim, then, then after all, everything needs to make sense now, which usually leads to the next step, which is, then, then, then how could it be that the Torah is Shemaim? Because the things just don't add up. Like Rabbi Shubhanavoya said, well, if you try to figure things out and you look at the way that people are punished or not punished in this world, it doesn't seem like it's adding up so much once you don't have Tchiyas HaMesim, which leads you to ultimately to the final step, which is, Epicorus, which is where God, where God is out of the picture. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's sequential in terms of the way that people get, unfortunately, to these, to, to these stages in their life as well. The Rambam says, let's flip it around. Hang on for a second. So the Rambam says, let's, let's flip, flip it around. Let's try to appreciate this uh, educationally. So if that's what happens to people over the course of life, then let's try to understand what a person must do in order to be able to believe. So the Rambam starts in the, other, the opposite direction. The Rambam says, let's start... Um, reverse. Let's talk about what's the most important fundamental beliefs. So he started at Epikoris, moving on to Torah to Tchiyas Amesim. And he understands that actually they're not specifically about those precise, those precise things. It's actually each of those are general rules. So for instance, the idea of believing in God, that believing in God is so general. It's such a general term. What does it mean you believe in God? Let's, 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 let's explain that a little more clearly, says the Rambam. Well, there's actually five steps necessary to believe in God. You need to know that He exists. You need to know that, he, that uh, as, let's go back to quickly on that. First, first, you need to know that, the, that, that God exists. Then you need to know that he is, you, there, there is complete unity. You need to know that it's beyond time and space. And you need to know that, he has a relation, that, that you can speak to Him. There is, a, there is a relationship between human and the divine. That's what it means to, be, to believe in God. So the Ramam has essentially said, let's talk about what the denial of Epicorus is. Let's turn it on its head and explain what it's necessary to be able to get there. Oh, well, now let's get to the next step. Once you know that there's God, those are the five hardest principles to believe because they're much more ethereal. Let's now talk about the next thing, which is Torah Minashamah, that God communicates to humankind. Not that humans create, communicate to God, but that Hashem communicates to humankind. Well, and that says the Raman, there's four steps. There's four steps necessary to be able to get there. Step number one is that there's prophecy. Number two, that there was a specific prophecy that only happened to one human being over the course of history, called the law giving, which was through Moshe Rabbeinu. That uh, that that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, um, 
that Hakadosh um, Baruch Hu gave the Torah from Sinai. It wasn't. There was no later um, additions, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu is not going to change his mind. Those are the those are necessary prerequisites of what's called Torah in Shemaim, if you want to believe it. And then the last of those ideas, which is the first of the things a person to slip up on Tchias Amesim, is really a, is actually a category heading for what's called Schar Onish, um, um, punishment and uh, um, and reward. Which uh, now there are four steps to, which is that number number one is Hakadosh Baruch Hu knows what you're doing. Number two, he, he's going to pay you back. There's going to be a Mashiach. There's going to be a time where that's going to uh, that's going to be re- um, where that's going to be relevant. And it's Tchias Amesim. So you, those are all under what is called Tchias um, Amesim, which means to say the Rambam has essentially turned the Mishnah in in reverse, and he's told us what to believe and broken it down into 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 subcategories in order to afford to be more specific to us. That's the brilliance of what the Rambam w- was doing. Note that there are those who would disagree with the Rambam and say, yes, technically speaking, you may be right, but ultimately the Mishnah only really told us that there are three principles of faith, not thirteen. Meaning the Rambam expanded number three into five, number two into four, number th- um, three into four, right? That's what he did. And he, right, in, in, in the way that he, he laid it out in the positive um, framework. But really, technically speaking, there's only three. So Sefer Aikarim, Rav Yosef Albo says, there's only really three, which is belief in God, belief in Torah Shemaim, and belief in Tzchar Onish, which are the three that the Mishnah is essentially saying in, um, um, in the absence of their belief as well. So you say, well, why are we quibbling? Why, what difference does it make whether there are 13 or whether there are three? Meaning how many subheadings do you need to have? Why is this an argument? So the answer is very simply, look at the way the Raman describes these principles of faith. In source three, the Raman says, this is actually the continuation of his Pirish Mishnah and Sanhedrin. This is a very long, a very long essay in the first Mishnah in the, uh, in the last parak. He says, So a person truly believes in all these 13. That's when you get a ticket into being part of Israel. And then a person will, um, will, will have, so to speak, a, 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 a responsibility to love and to have a connection to Hashem. So the person, has, let's say, to, um, has a foray into a specific you know, degree of Avera, into sin. Um, he just can't hold back the person, the person Nebach, you know, just doesn't have self-control. Um, so they, they, they get involved in all kinds of material um, activities. That person may get punished for their sins, but they're still holding the ticket. They still belong to Israel. That's the person who's called a sinner of Israel. However, should you deny, should you question one of these, these principles that I've just laid out for you, that means you drop the ticket. Right? That means you're no longer in. That's very serious language there. Um, and, I, and yes, I've now I've stepped away from the general topic of my essay, which is trying to explain the Mishnayos. And I did this. Um, and so why? What I did for you is I essentially brought together the some corpus of material of Judaism which talks about beliefs here and there, I brought it all into one place. And I made it easier for you to read and understand what it is that you're supposed to believe. And he says, listen, listen to these words. Repeat this many times. He says, 
And consider this and think about it for a lot. It's very important to contemplate on these on these beliefs. These are these are the fundamentals. That's what I mean. Your sod, your sod is foundational. If let's say you're making a house and you uh, you're making let's say a shul, and and you uh, and you get the wrong kind of tile, you get to put the wrong kind of window in. Okay, it's going to cost you money. You 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 have to do that. You have to replace the door handles. But if you make the foundation, perhaps a little short. If the if uh, if if the foundation isn't the right place, that's gonna that's gonna be very difficult. To 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 to, to repour a foundation once you already did that, that's a problem. That's what these are these are upon which everything else upon which the building rests. That's what the Yisrael Simon are. And the, the, based on this Ramam's line over here in the Pirush Mishnais, it was turned acti- actually into liturgy twice. It was put into Asidurim twice. These principles of faith, most famously in the Ani Mamins by an unknown author, not clear who to who actually wrote the Ani Mamins. Um, these I believes, which essentially turned the Ramam's longer explanation into a much easier. Um, smaller paragraphs which, with excellent tunes around the last ones. Um, and, then, and then there's another one which also believe, our Jewish belief turns into song, turns into a responsive, into responsive um, poetry which is Yigdal. And Yigdal is of course the 13 principles of faith and that's why when we say the last line the reason why we always repeat that is because it's it's odd, right? Meaning to say, usually in refrains in poems, it's always even, right? So it's odd that there's only 13 lines, which is why sometimes people repeat the last line because of the song. But really, there's only 13 principles of faith. Mesi Mikhail is, of course, resurrection. But um, it's worthwhile thinking about this on Friday night as we as we say, as we sing this. These are the, this was turned into the the, um, the way that the the, the Ramam um, believe this. It is worthwhile knowing, just as an interesting aside, um, just as we conclude this section, it's worthwhile noting that um, there is, uh, Rav Blech actually has a beautiful essay on Pesach where he, he describes that that might actually be related to the very basic word when we say Amen. What, what, is, what is Amen? Kel Melech Neeman, right? So he says Kel is God, Melech is a king who has subjects, right, who relates to the subjects. Neeman L'Shalem Sachar, so we're essentially saying those are the three basic principles, the kernels of the three basic principles of faith. And he attributes it also to why it is we have Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. Pesach, Matzah, and Maror being related to each of those, the, the, the sacrificing of either pagan god, believing in God, it's number one. Um, uh, Pesach, Matzah is the, the mitzvah, which is the, the first commandment, the national commandment. Uh, and, um, and number three is um, to, um, is uh, moral, which is schar v'oynesh. So just fascinating as to the way, that's why Rabban Gamaliel was so uh, insistent upon those three things being said. The Seder reflecting not just mitzvahs, not just articles of, of uh, food, but really actually part of our belief system as well. Fascinating. And it comes into the way we eat, the way we, 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 we talk, the way we believe. And this has taken us through some of the darkest of hours in Jewish history um, is these Ani Mamins as well, not just the Bavia Samashiach, but the, the other parts as well, um, which, which, uh, which, are, which are critical to our being here today. So this is, this is where the Ani Mamins come from. This is, this is the, somewhat, somewhat of the history of them and um, why, why it is so significant that we say them, even though perhaps we struggle with some and we, we, we try to work, I spend our lives trying to work ourselves into understanding and appreciating what they mean. John, you had a question before? It was uh, further back in, in the beginning. Okay. The first time I have ever run into uh, a definition of a chorus, which is the one in citation number one, which is... Don't, don't, don't spend much time on the translation. That's, that's a Sonsina translation. I'm sorry? That's a Sonsina translation. It's, it's based, it's, I'm not uh, going off them. But it, yeah. 
nevertheless, a, a translator is qualified. Uh, I just found it very interesting that uh, he, what, what it says that we should understand is that how we treat our scholars is really the basis or the definition of what an apicorsis is. Yes, yeah, so it's a longer conversation as to what Epicurus is. Epicurus, Epicurus was a Greek philosopher. What was oh, it? Epic Epicurus was a Greek, a Greek philosopher, and so, so it's uh, interesting to actually read a little bit of his his um, his theological or anti-theological ideas, um, and and to appreciate what it is or what the Gemara turns him into, meaning to say turns that character into as a representative of the, the denial of. And the, the denial of falls into many categories. If you want to do, do a more thorough research into this, the Ramam in the fourth parak of Hilchos Teshuva describes 24 categories of people who are, this, these are the subcategories of the people who are out, all kinds of false beliefs that a person can have. Epicurus has, I think, five subdivisions in the, in the fourth, uh, over there in the Ramam in Hilchos Teshuva. It's worthwhile looking at, it's very precise. So the Ramam is very precise as to what is, what is a person who, who's Epicurus, what's a person who's a Min. Well, he goes through each of these and, and subdivides them into categories. So it's worthwhile spending time on that, yeah. Where, where was that? In in the fourth parak of Hilchos Teshuva. So it's just worthwhile. But that's not, uh, we're going Begadol, but it is worthwhile noting that. Now, we move to the next thing, which is fascinating, and that is, is the Aseris Adibros. The mission in Tamid tells us that a part of the daily service, so you can imagine this is the last parak in Tamid, where it describes what is going on in the base of Midrash. It's essentially the schedule and the ideas behind the schedule in the base of Midrash. The Karban Tamid is brought in the morning, and the Karban Tamid would have associated with it, there would be a certain davening or prayer that the Karanim would do. We were told in the Mishnah, that Amar lohem amemuneh baruchu, baruchu bracha achas. So they, they, the the mamuneh, so there'd be this overseer who'd be in charge of um, of of the daily the daily uh, backwards and forwards. So it's now time to say the blessing. Vehem baruchu koru vehem baruchu koru aseres adibros shema vayoyim shemoya vayoyimer. And at that point in time, they they said a bracha. They said the aseres adibros shema vayoyim shemoya and vayoyimer. So it sounds like they're, they're doing Kriyashma, but they also have Aserah Sadibros in the Kriyashma as well. Then they gave them the people three brachas. What does that refer to, you think? Right, so it So it sounds like there was a, a separate brachas before him. And then on Shabbos would be the day when, the, when one watch was leaving, one watch was coming, so there'd be an extra bracha for the incoming watch. So it sounds like the, the davening program at this point in time in the Mishnah is somewhat a little bit, at least the core of it is, is a little more, um, a, a little more broader than what we have today. One of those additions is, is in fact, our Seres Adibra seems to be not just something which is said, but it's part of the liturgy, it's also part of the way they pray. You know something interesting here, here's another example of when we really believe something in Judaism, it's not enough to talk about it, it's something we need to pray about. Isn't that interesting? It's one of the things that our Sachs said when he first came to America on the promotion of the Koren Sachs Siddur. This is when um, the Koren Sachs was releasing its Siddur, he had just written the introduction, the translation and the annotations. One of the things he said, which I think is such a profound observation, is, is that the Siddur essentially is the Masechta of Emuna of the nation of Israel. Meaning, where do you find the belief system of Israel is found in our Siddur. Throughout the generations, or everything that matters to us is found in the Siddur. So it makes sense that Animamin is found in the Siddur. Right? It makes sense that Sarasa Dibros is found certainly in the Siddur of the Kohanim in the base of Megdash. So the question is, is so why isn't it in our Siddur in Kriyashma? So Gemara Bracha says, already, already the times of the Talmud, 
that this was something which had been um, in recession, certainly outside of the base of English. The Gemara tells us in Brochus, very famous in Source 5, Amrav Yehud they wanted to have the same Siddur outside of the base of Mikdash that we would say as part of Kriyashma. But they uh, removed it because of the grievance of the heretics, as it is translated over here. The grievance of the heretics. And they, again, min is a very precise term. But what does this mean over here? And by the way, just to continue the Gemara on page 5, we hear a few other places that wanted to try to institute it. So this was. It was, seems to be like this movement to institute the Bidasiras Dibrois. So Rinozama Big Vulin Bikshuli cross canal Samenim. So Rinozama reports the same idea. Rabba Babrachana, that's much later. Sova Lamekvinu Bisura, he wanted in the Surah edition of the of the Sidra to have the Asiras Dibros, Amalai Rachista, Kvar Bitlum Ibnatara Saminim and Amaymar, Sova Lamikbiina Binarda, Amalai Rav Rashi, Kvar Bitlum Ibnatara Saminim, and again in Naharda, another area in Iraq which was there was a large Jewish community, they wanted, in Babylon, they wanted to institute this, and again, it was denied. So it, 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 there was a multiple attempts to include Aseras Dibros in the, in the Siddur outside of the Besamekdash, patterning after this Mishnah about the, what was the liturgy in the Besamekdash, and it was not allowed. What is the minimum? Who are these minimum? Or wh- why, does it, why does what they say matter to us? Rashi says, minimum is, These are those who serve um, other deities. And what is their concern, Rashi tells us? Shelo Yomru in source 6, the second line. Shelo Yomru la'ameyaoretz. Those, those outsiders should not say to the ignorant Jew on the street, Ein shar Torah emes. V'teidu she'ein korin elo mashu amar ha'kadosh baruchu v'shamu mipinipinipiv ha'besinai. What they will say is that you see, well, the fact that we read this in the davening, then ultimately that's all that God really cared about because that's what he said at Sinai. So 10 things, it's a very easy religion, the 10-step the ten program, and everything else is fun, um, and the, really the, the rest is, is all, you know, recommendations. These are the, these are the, this is the real core of it, and the, the fact that you put it into the sitter clearly puts it on a pedestal and makes it unique. That's, that's what the, the concern over here. That had the in it. I'm not, a, not, not familiar, but that, that would make sense. There will be those who did put on a pedestal and with, with grievous consequences as well. Um, it is worthwhile noting that this, this general idea expresses itself elsewhere in, in our Judaism. So the, the Ben Yohayada, that's the Ben Yishchai on the Skumora over here, says, oh sorry, the Ksav, before we get into him, the Ksava Kabbalah, that's Rakel, Yaakov C. Mecklenburg, one of the um, 19th century um, writers on the, on the Torah says a very fascinating thing in Devarim. He says that is why that the Torah never emphasizes the idea of Shavuos being um, Yom Matan Torah Seinu. There's, there's never like the, the Torah, Torah giving day. Out, even, even the way we use it in liturgy is we talk about Zman Matan Torah Seinu. Zman is not the day, but like the time, the aura the, 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 that it was given. He says because we are far from being the way that we want to say that there's one precise day in the calendar where we receive the Torah and the rest is, it's kind of like the Lahavdil, the Mother's Day debate, right? So it's, it's like, it's not this Torah day and the rest of the year is, is like, you know, beach day. It's, no, it's, it's, this is the time the Torah was given and it, it, it expresses itself in our lives on um, every single day, every single minute. Is the rest of the is the rest of the time, which is why perhaps the, we don't want to overemphasize ourselves. We don't want to overemphasize Shavuos as being the, the time of the Matan Torah, not to relegate it to not relegate the Torah to limited in scope or in time or in time as well. The Ben Yehuda quotes the Ein Yaakov, who says the Ben Yishchais on the Gemara says, "Wait a second, because Ein Yaakov, if this is true, then this by, by that question 
would raise itself not just on Nasaras Debros, it should raise itself on Kriyashma itself. Mm-hmm. So then, if that's the question, if that's the case, the question that's asked on, on Rashi is: is so why are we saying Kriyashma? <laughs> because in the end of the day, what the, what are the minimum going to say? Ah, you see three paragraphs. That's it. All they really, all, all the Torah really is interested in is tzitzis, tzitzis, and uh, and mezuzah, and a little bit of study of Torah, and, and then you're done, right? So one of the reasons is different in response to the Ein Yaakov is that the Torah tells us to say Kriyashma. It doesn't tell us to say Aseres Adibros, right? Meaning the Torah says, and it goes describes You should say this every morning and every evening. So there's a, there is a, the Torah instruction manual is included. So, but that's, that's one answer. Says, suggests the Ben Yishchai, I thought a fascinating observation. This, is, this should make us tremble every time, every time we, we, we think about Aseres Adibros uh, that are in our Siddur after Davening. In Source 7, three, four lines from the bottom, he says, in the, towards the middle of the line, I would suggest, he says, Show you Korin Tigar al Yisrael, Bo Oimram called Yom Atem Oimri Maseres Adibros, Mavarachin Alehem, Venatem Makaimi Mashakos Bohem. He says, What are the, the men going to say? They're going to look in and they're going to say, Ah, in Kriya Shema, every morning you say, Anach Yashonakach, you believe in God, you don't have any false de- deities, you don't take Hashem's name falsely, you honor your parents, you, you keep Shabbos, you, you, you honor your parents. It's just, Well, you know, looking at the sum total of your lives, Jews, doesn't look like that's what's going on. Right, it doesn't look like you're living up to the to the to, ma- to the manifest, and so therefore it is, it is. It we don't want to put up a standard that we say a blessing on, that we don't necessarily live up to. That's the Torah. I mean, it's a gap in our lives, which is which is being said over here. You remember that one of this is one of the reasons we saw a few weeks back that we say Kel Erech before we take out the Torah. Right, one of the reasons we ask, ask for God for mercy before bringing out the Torah on the weekday to, to to read it is because are we living up to what's said inside there? Right, we have to be. You know, it's it's all very nice to talk about this, but are we are we walking about this? That's that's the the, the what's being said over here. So that's a different perspective, which is why we, it was de-emphasized in the liturgy to be less of a of a of a of a so to speak a yardstick for for us. Which is a fascinating thing one could ask is how how much do you so to speak put, hoist one's values into full a high definition? When one's not living up to them, does one emphasize them more to make sure we get closer? Or do we de-emphasize them to make it less? There's a lot of human psychology which is in, in play over here in terms of what's going to be throughout the course of Jewish history. It is worthwhile noting that how this played itself out in Halacha. This debate that was had in the Gemara does express itself in Halacha. And the first thing in all is Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says in Source 8, he says, the Shulchan Aruch says, Tov lamar, parashas akedo, parashas adibrois. The Shulchan Aruch says one should be saying that Aseris adibrois. So you say to yourself, wait a second, didn't the Gomorrah just get finished saying that you're not allowed to say the Aseris Adibros as part of the davening? So um, one of the answers that's given is, is that this is said after the davening, meaning to say the reason it's placed after the davening is because it doesn't have the same consequence as if it were to be in the Shema with the Birkas Kriya Shema on it. That was what the Benishra was saying. If you're making a blessing on it, you're saying this is it. We're not saying this is it. We're putting it at the end of doubting to remind ourselves without the same level of pedestal. That's, that, that's what seems to be going on here at Quantum of Horsham. As an example, the, the, just a, an interesting observation here, the Elia Rabbah says, uh, one of the commentaries on Shulchan Aruch, he says in Source 9, he quotes, Uve Elia Zuta Kosavti, um, Rash, uh, Kosavti Rashal, the Marashal, that's Rav Luria, Nohag Amram Koidem Baruch She'omar. He didn't do it at the end of davening, he actually did it before the davening, before the Pesukah Dezimra started. Why? 
Interestingly enough, there's four times, there's ten times we say the word Baruch in Baruch She'amar, and he said it relates to the ten Aserah Sadebrois, which is why he would say it before them. But again, the idea being it's not part of centralized davening. It's before davening in, this, in that sense. What we do, or, or where it's printed in our Sidurim is afterwards, right? So we have it after our davening, and that's the reason it belongs afterwards. And he goes on to describe that the Marashal quoted his grandfather, who said that he would actually read in the morning, he would do the one in Yisro, and in the evening, the one in um, Vayaschana, to do this two sets of Aseris Adibros as well. Fascinating practices. This is some of the, 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 his, the halachic history of it as well. But I think that what he's saying also is he's, it's being said in private. Yes, very much so. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's not being put into the public forum, which is why it's on either end, right? Whether we say at the beginning or the end, it is worthwhile noting that the Shulchan Aruch codifies this pre-davening, right? Simon Aleph in Shulchan Aruch is before you get to davening. It's before you get to all the later things. Which is where, 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 which is where the trajectory of the of the marshal is. We went to the, we looked at two things. Yeah, Shalom. So how is it that if you think about it, uh, you lump together several of these things, Yakeda, Parsimon, Dibros, We seem to openly treat them very differently. Yeah, we do. We, sort of, we tuck the um, the uh, the Dibros and the, and uh, Parsimon at the end, but the Yakeda is. Codified in the center, right there, and it doesn't say like Yeshu Lomarze, Yesh Nihad Zman. You know, it's like yeah, it's part of the way yeah. you're you're, you're right, you're right. It, to be honest, actually, a lot of people say all of these things after davening, actually, right. so, but it's, which is where, which is where, but each of them has their own uniqueness. Perhaps we'll get to some of them in a, in a second. Some of the, the others as well that are being described over here. But these are what is fascinating about these two that we just looked at is the Animamins and the Aseres Dimos is that both are about core uh, core aspects of our Judaism. And there's an element of how much emphasis they are given, right? Aseris Dibros were given a huge amount of emphasis, but it's both de-emphasized in the sitter outside the Beis Hamikdash as well. Rosary, yes, and then. Yeah. So actually, one of the things about our education system, which I, don't, I still haven't worked out yet. Is it's an, forget what happens after the sitter. They don't tell you what happens in the sitter. So like I'm saying, like I mean, like you know, at a certain point, you kind of just realize that people are doing things. But like you know, so but, but you know, so never formally did I ever get that education either as to forget what happens afterwards. But what happens in it? There's something called tachlan. Why are people putting people putting their heads down now? So so uh, yes. So they, they, there's no question that, that it should be talked about more. But that's what we're trying to we're trying to re-educate ourselves a little. Um, I'm trying to do it for myself. So, Whatever the teacher told us to do the moment. Okay. But she never said, and also after they knew. Yeah, no, no, you're right. So this is this the, the, this is not as part of the obligatory part of the davening. There are many people who skip this, but it, it is to be known that the Shulchan suggests doing this, and uh, and this is the, the background of where this comes from. But I, I think that we're struggling today with people doing the regular stuff. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said about actually saying the words inside the sitter before we get to after. But I think it's important to know where the other stuff afterwards comes as well, the way that all this comes from. Let's move on to the next thing over here, which is what's called the zechiros, the, rem- the remembrances. So if you move, it, if you turn into a sitter at the end of the davening, the, there's a section which talks about these remembrances, certain remembrances. What is this referring to? So the one of the one of the earliest places that uh, it's referred to is in the Magen Avraham in uh, in Simon Samach, where he talks about the Sefer Kavona. Sometimes the the Magen Avraham goes into the world of Kabbalah and he quotes this book about Kabbalistic beliefs and he says, "Isra Kavonas Vixavim Vazachiras Alolu Hemitzvas Asay." 
These remembrances are a positive commandment. When you're saying which is in the Birkas Kriyashma, which is why he's talking about it here, because this is the halakha of the Birkas Kriyashma. When you say Hashem, you chose us from all the nations, you should re you remember Matan Torah, because that's when the nation of Israel were chosen. The Keratonu, you brought us closer. The Shimcha Agorol, Master Amonic. When you say to your, your name, that's the name of Amonic. Sheir Hashem Shalem. Um, Hashem's name is not complete while in the world. Um, to, to thank you. Um, he says, is to praise you, not to slander others, which is the Maya Miriam. So he re refers to these four parts of the, the second bracha of the Kriyashma being innuendos to four memories. Four things that we need to remember. What are those four things he talks about? The chosenness of Israel, the, 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 the Sinai itself. Amalek, the wiping out Amalek, and the, the um, and not using our, our tongues for slander, which is Miriam. Okay, about gathering that at that point in time. So he talks about these the heroes. Why are they a mitzvah sase? What does it mean that they are a positive commandment? That's an interesting thing. How could you say they are mitzvah sase? Answer is, the word Zachor implies, according to the way that I'm being understood, is that it's not just enough to remember, you need to say, you need to do something about it in order for, to fulfill that mitzvah. So when it says Zachor, what, remember what happened, it doesn't mean to say that that should just be when we read Parashas Kisaitse, there is a requirement to remember that. How often? So it would seem that Sefer Kavanas is saying, every day. Every day we need to remember this. Remember what happened to Miriam as a function, as an outgrowth of her slandering her brother. That's something we need to remember every day. And therefore these Zechiros became codified at the end of the Siddur. In fact, this is the, 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 the first place that this became codified in, um, in, in Shulchan Aruch. It's actually in the Chabad world. The Alter Rebbe in his Shulchan Aruch also talks about this in Shulchan Aruch HaRav. Um, again in Simon um, Samach he says, Zechiras Ma'amad Ar-Sinai, Ma'asa Ma'alek, Ma'asa Miriam, Ma'asa Egel, Ha'amitzas Asa Shalatara, Ve'gam Zechiras Shabbos. Yeshua Mishra Mitzvah Sabachol Yom, he says four slash five of these remembrances are necessary. V'tovla Zachran, it's the Kriyashma. You should remember that in Kriyashma, he goes to the same innuendo over here of um, in, in the Birkas Kriyashma. It's worthwhile noting that the Chida actually has ten remembrances. He, has, he adds on other places the Torah says Zachar, which perhaps seem more, um, see, seem more, uh, um, what's the word, um, less concrete, more abstract remembrances, and he codifies them into, spe into specifics. And he would have ten. We have how many? Six in our Siddur as it happens. So just the, the Rav Chaim Pilagi um, in his Sefer Kavachaim, again, unbelievably pro prolific, quotes this in the second paragraph in Source 12. He says, L'shem yichud kutshabrichu shchinta arenim akayim mitzvah eser zechiros. He actually has a l'shem yichud to prepare himself to say it. He, he is recording uh, to, to say these ten zechiros. It says Mitzrayim, right? So he adds that in. Shabbos, man. Complaints in the desert and the Masa Egel is also part of the Zechiros. Which is actually, that's found in Tanakh, not in the, not in the Torah itself. You can see some of the extras that he added in are less tangible, they're less concrete, they're more abstract, soaking from later on in Nach, 
which is now incorporated into the Zechiros. V'ikra mitzvah says Zechiros, ki yitain el liboi ha-to'eles ha-mimshach bohem lishmor mo'od v'la'asois she-ma'amek bohem yimtza she-kolalim harbei. Again, these are things that are really fundamental, and the more we appreciate them, the more we'll see that they include more. Similar, similar to what he's saying is the, 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 to essentially to the animamins. Think about it. What he's saying is, if you spend a lot of time thinking about these, these actually will lead you to ba- certain basic beliefs or the beliefs that Hashem clearly went out of his way to make sure that we'd remember more explicitly. So, as opposed to saying Zachor is a general, it's very specific, it's very concrete on a daily basis, is what's necessary. It's worthwhile noting, as an aside, Rasolovechik does point out an interesting observation. He says that if you're to look at the Zachiros, you may actually end up coming to the Ani Mamins, to a number of the beliefs. So, as an example, that's even a, a basic one. When you say, remember what happened to Miriam, so we think that what's the, what's the importance of that? What's the significance of that? Lashonara. But it says Rasul but if you go back to the end of Parshas Balas, and you remember the story that led to the Maasa Miriam, the reason why it came out was because Miriam was concerned about her brother, and she slandered him to Aaron, and ultimately the question that she had, a theological question is, how is he different to us? And Hashem had to educate her and Aaron that in fact their Nevoah was subpar when it came to Moshe's, which is why the Torah is different to Nevi'im and Ksuvim. What belief is that? That's what's called, the, that is the seventh belief of the, of the Animamins, which the Torah is, the Nevoah of Moshe Rabbeinu is distinct from all other Nevoahs, which means to say, if you look carefully into the Sheish Zechiros, a number of basic beliefs will also emerge naturally out of them. As well, it's just worthwhile thinking about this. This perhaps is before the Ramam even got to the Animamins. You have the Zechiros and debating how many there are as to and how significant they are. But the Torah clearly went out its way to do this. The, the word Zachor itself is a complicated word because we know that Rashi tells us in the Torah that it means to say consistently remembering. How consistent is consistent? And is it that Shlaishtakach min Alei? That's no mitzvah Zechiros Hamonek, which is why halachically speaking we read Pash Zachor once a year that we shouldn't forget. That's on the outer fringe of it. That's why we shouldn't not do it. But how much should we be doing it? That might be the Sheish Zechiros of, of uh, doing it on a daily basis. Fascinating. How do you in, in, ensure memory? Then there's, the, then there's Parshas Aman. So as Dr. Huberfeld pointed out, the Shulchan Aruch also says, a person should read Parshas Aman. What is Parshas Aman? It's simply saying the section of the Torah in Parshas B'Shalach, which talks about the man. Now, a lot of people do this because... Parnasa, but actually, if you want to read why we do this, many of the Farshim actually locate a Yalkut Shimoni, which is a, um, on, on, on Tanakh, later on in Tanakh, and it says something pretty scary, pretty chilling about the reason why um, we say the Parsha Zaman. Here's what it says in Source 14. The Yalkut Shimoni says, Hadoratim Rohu Divarashem. We know that in Parshas B'Shalach, Moshe Rabbeinu is commanded to take one ca- container of man and place it in front of, sorry, the, the, in the Kisitzel, to place the man, the man in the, in the, 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 the Mishkan. Why was it there? It was waiting uh, for the times of Yirmiyahu, almost 800 years later on. Why? Yirmiyahu says, why are, you not, why are you not living up to your, your value system? So I said to him, Yirmiyahu, listen, where, where's it going to come from? Who's going to build the yeshivas? Who's going to build all the buildings? How's the, the economy going to succeed? How are we going to pay for, pay for, our, for, our, for our security bill? That time he pulled out the man and said, 
But by men inspired so how do they work it out? Avatim um isru but isku batara va makom you mufanes eschem. Hakosh baruch hu look after you. Vezeh mishloshu dvarim shalasid aliyah lahamili yisrael tzin desenas saman tzluchis shalmei anidav tzluchis shal shal shalamishcha veyesh omrim af maklo shal aram shkelo v'prachah a prachav. So so one this is one of the things which is meant to be a call to action for us or. Perhaps maybe a call to inaction in this in the in the sense of uh, in the sense of of where is our life centered? Meaning to say we're always so busy, we have so many demands. But the the, the parsha zaman is not God. What can you do for us? But rather Hashem is saying, What can you do for me? So how is your day framed? Is there Torah in the day? Is there as we're about to end, emerge into the world? What are we doing to to do that more? So it's just worthwhile reframing why that's in place, and which makes a lot of sense because a lot of things that Chazal were placing into the Siddur, were not things about, you know, how do we get out of this slot machine what we need once we put the money in. It's rather what is we, what are we supposed to be believing during the rest of the day that's going to get us to the next level. This is why it's an education program. Um, next thing we also have is the Pasha Zakeda. Where do we usually say that Pasha Zakeda? Where is it usually printed in the Siddur? It's actually printed earlier. It's actually printed in the Brachos area. Right, but technically speaking, it, it, that's where the Chukhanarach brought it as well. But some Siddurim also have it at the end. As well as an addition post uh, post davening, what is the what are we supposed to be saying when we what are we supposed to be thinking when we're doing this? Why are we just quoting Beratius Perakov Bay is the twenty second chapter of Beratius? Why is that so significant out of all the stories that happened in Tanakh? So the Taz uh, on the Shulchan Aruch here right here at the very beginning says Parshat discourse a voice because it, it is a great zechus for us that our forebears made such sacrifices. Also for a person to, to humble their indulgences. Like Yitzhak Avinu was willing to hand over his, uh, um, his, uh, um, himself. He adds on to the parashas of man. That all Amazonas come with Kavona, and the Magen Avraham actually quotes the Rabbeinu Bechaye, who says, When you say it, it's not enough to, uh, to, to simply say it, you need to actually believe it. Right? You need to actually spend time thinking about it, which is, I think I, we've structured our Twitter in a way which is perhaps counter to this idea, which is the idea of thinking about these things as well. Finally, we'll just to, to, look, to sum all these things up because there's a lot of them that have been mentioned, right? So there's the Animamins, which is obviously later on. There is the, the Parsha Zaman, the Parsha Zakeda, the Sheish Zechiros, the Aseris Adibros, or some of them from earlier, some of them from later. These are all found at the end of the Siddur. What, what is, what, like overall, taking a step back, 10,000 uh, 10, foot perspective, well, why are we doing this? Part of the reason is the Shulchan Aruch tells us that, the, that there's a certain protocol as to how we leave the, the Shul in the mornings. Um, the Shulchan Aruch tells us in Source 17, Person should really try to find time to learn right after davening. Let's say they're doing Mishnah Yami. Um, it's something one should try to learn right away. In those days, the shul was a distinct place from the base medrash. But today, fortunately, we have a shul which is being used for learning as well. It's not just a place of of of, of prayer. But sorry, person should really have a time, a fixed time. And that time does not mean to say hours necessarily, but a person should have time after davening where one learns before the day, the, the, the day happens, because once the day happens, it's very hard to put breaks on. So the Kavachaim, Rav Pilagi again, living in the 1800s, it says, and that explains why we have all these things. He says, Israel. 
to Belavachi, Hain Baovan, Hain Betelim, Mir Talmutara, Valide Sidre Alimudim Alalu, In Hu Avav Israel, Hamis Urim, Bakorin, Umakrin, Umakrin. So he says that, that part of the reason why a lot of these things were established, each for their own reasons, is also to create a Seder of Limud for a person. That a person has some sort of investment in these ideas, the realm of ideas, the realm of learning of Torah before the day continues. So these are things that a person needs to be thinking about. A person needs to be thinking about the, the primacy of the Seres Adibra. So a person needs to be thinking about their belief system, the six things that are Baruch Hu, the ten things that Hashem wants us to remember, the where our Parnassal comes from, the, um, and, the, and the idea of the sacrifice and humility we have in our life, which is emanating from the Parshas Akedah. These are values which are supposed to be emanating from this learning as an expression of leaving, as we, we take our leave from the Shul itself. Obviously something which requires extra time, extra effort, extra thought, but is, uh, is, is something which will hopefully transform the day that we move outwards to as well.